listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 21st of April. A concerning escalation overnight from Russia with President Vladimir Putin confirming the country has tested its new intercontinental ballistic missile. The Kremlin says the missile is capable of firing up to 15 nuclear warheads in a single strike and can overcome any defence system. Dubbed the Satan II, Vladimir Putin had this warning about the new weapon. This truly unique weapon will strengthen the combat potential of our armed forces, reliably ensure Russia's security from external threats and provide food for thought for those who, in the heat of frenzied, aggressive rhetoric, try to threaten our country. That translation thanks to Channel 7. Meantime, there are concerns the besieged Ukrainian city of Mariupol will soon fall to Russian forces. A Russian deadline for the surrender of Ukrainian troops has now passed, with reports Ukrainian troops are outnumbered at least 12 to 1 and running out of supplies. A new security agreement between China and the Solomon Islands was front and centre at the leaders' debate between the Prime Minister and opposition leader last night. 100 undecided voters were in the audience in Brisbane questioning Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese on a range of issues, including healthcare, housing and border security. There were a few heated moments, especially regarding ongoing concerns around China's growing presence in the South Pacific. When something of this significance takes place, why would you take China's side? That's an outrageous slur from the Prime Minister. This isn't so much a Pacific step up, it's a Pacific stuff up. Mr Albanese won the first debate on Sky News with 40% of those in the room voting in favour of the opposition leader with 35% supporting the Prime Minister. 25% were unconvinced either way. Two of Australia's biggest states have announced plans to ease their close COVID contact isolation rules. Isolation requirements for household contacts will be dropped from tomorrow in New South Wales. Those without symptoms will have to do daily rapid antigen tests before heading out. Close contacts will also still need to wear masks indoors and won't be allowed to visit aged care facilities and hospitals. Here is the New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet. This is not the end of the pandemic. Um, We will always tailor our restrictions, as we've said, from the outset over the last two years to the circumstances that we find ourselves. Victoria will ease its close contact rules on Saturday and also abolish vaccination requirements at many venues. Masks won't be required in primary schools across Victoria and also in early childhood facilities, retail or hospitality settings, but will still be needed in hospitals. Meantime, the Queensland government has flagged it's also set to ease its close contact rules once the state has passed its peak of the current Omicron wave. And another wild weather system is set to sweep across Australia's east coast. Parts of Queensland are set to bear the brunt with concerns the five-day weather event could see as much as one metre of rain, while snow is predicted to fall in Tasmania over the weekend. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Queensland and the state government is trying to defend its under-pressure health system after an elderly woman was left waiting seven hours for an ambulance. The 98-year-old fell in her family's home in Brisbane, breaking her hip in two places. As reporter David Shiraz explains, the family was forced to desperately wait hours for help to finally arrive. 
Good morning, Tash. Shirley Prestopino was found by her family on the floor last week. Her daughter describing seeing her mother still twisted, her leg underneath her with her head smashed up against the wall. In situations like this, the first thing you do is call triple zero. The last thing you expect is to wait hours for someone to turn up. But that's the situation for Shirley and many others in Queensland, with horror story after horror story lately of ambulance delays blowing out and ramping at hospitals rife. All this has prompted the opposition to call for ambulance wait times to be made available online. The health ministers responded to this incident on the defensive, saying Shirley's fall came when Queensland recorded its fourth highest number of triple zero calls. A response I'm sure is little comfort to Shirley's family. To New South Wales now, where a man has been saved after falling into a septic tank in Sydney's northern suburbs. He was trapped for more than an hour and a half with a dog playing a major part in his rescue. Our reporter Michaela Savage has the details from Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Paramedics were called to a property in Terry Hills yesterday. A man in his 40s had fallen into the 2.3-metre deep septic tank and was trapped in there headfirst while the water was rising. It was only when a dog called Spot that lives on the property found the man in trouble and started to whimper that its 13-year-old owner was alerted to the situation. She called emergency services and four ambulance crews attended the scene. It took them 40 minutes to free the man in what was a pretty challenging rescue. He was taken to the Northern Beaches Hospital in a stable condition where he's been treated for head injuries. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. The local stock market is set to go higher today after a strong lead from Wall Street. But gosh, what a shocker for Netflix. That's right. The once unbeatable Netflix reported a loss of subscribers. And so its share price slumped 36% and it's now a 36 billion US dollar less valuable company. The end of viewers in the lockdown and the more competition from the likes of Disney have really hurt the company and naughty customers haven't helped with an estimated 100 million households sharing subscription passwords with family and friends. You wouldn't be one of those naughty households, would you, Peter? Never. Never. And ahead of the election, the International Monetary Fund says the next government has to start paying down the massive debt. It's estimated around $889 billion. Yes, to save the economy, business and jobs, the pandemic meant the Morrison government increased its budget deficit, which then builds up the nation's debt. It doubled from 30.5% of GDP to now be at 62.5%, and the IMF says tougher budgets are needed ahead to reduce the debt. That said, other nations are more in debt, with the US debt at 124% of GDP, and Japan is, wait for it, over 250% of GDP. Incredible. And Australia's biggest private hospital group, Ramsey Healthcare, Peter, is the target of a $20 billion takeover. That's right, and they're being helped by the uh, Nurses and Health Workers Union, HESTA. The US investment company, Colberg, Kravis and Roberts, has offered $20 billion to buy Ramsey Healthcare, and its share price soared 24% to $80 yesterday. The recruitment of HESTA in the consortium gives nurses a chance to indirectly own shares in Ramsey, which will help the hospital business attract and keep workers when there is a real shortage of staff in the sector. Massive day in the world of business and finance again. Thanks so much for the update, Peter.
for Sport Now with Brett Thomason. Brett, a major announcement from the tennis world with Wimbledon taking the sensational step to ban Russian and Belarusian tennis players from the tournament this year. Yeah, good morning, Tash. Uh, that's right. Uh, Wimbledon this year will not feature any Russian or Belarusian tennis players. Among the stars out are reigning US Open champion Danil Medvedev. Hasn't made it past the fourth round, uh, but of course would be uh, one of the big favourites going into that tournament. And men's number eight seed Andre Rublev. On the women's side, we've got uh, world number four Arena Sabalenka. And with no Ash Barty uh, this year, the draw had really opened up on the women's side. And uh, two-time Aussie Open champion Victoria Azarenka both uh, from Belarus. Of course, that's where Russia has been staging uh, a lot of their invasion of uh, Ukraine. So this is the first time since the end of World War II that uh, the All England Club has banned athletes uh, from competing. So that this is a big development this morning. Absolutely extraordinary in the NRL. This is straight out of a movie plot from Hollywood, Brett. The Bulldogs have drafted in a high school teacher and a local junior as they struggle to field a side for the Broncos tomorrow night. Yeah, we just need Sandra Bullock uh, to appear tomorrow night. We could turn this into a, a movie. Round seven kicks off tonight. We've got to Cronulla and Manly. But as you said, uh, tomorrow night we have uh, Canterbury struggling, scrambling to to field a team against the Broncos. They've got eight players out with injury, four now who tested positive to COVID uh, yesterday. And, of course, there could be more given that they spend so much time in close quarters together. Here is a coach, Trent Barrett, who says there's no chance of the game being called off. It has to go ahead you know we've we've got our obligations to the league and the fans to play and I'm not I'm not worried about the quality of our team you know it, it will be harder if we get any more go down and th- you'd think they'd be well well within their rights to ask for that game to be uh, suspended or delayed to another weekend yeah 100% and will the best in the AFL end his career in Sydney well, that's a bit of the talk doing the rounds at the moment because uh, Dustin Martin, of course, has been on personal leave since round one and he spent most of that time in the Harbour City uh, spending time uh, with family. So uh, you wonder, being a private person, would he like to get out of the AFL spotlight in Melbourne and end his career uh, like Tony Lockett and uh, Lance Franklin, Barry all have done, uh, out of the spotlight with the Swans or the Giants? Trent Cochin spoke to Channel 7 last night. It's an interesting question. I mean, I haven't ever had those sort of conversations with Dusty. He's a very loyal person, so I'd be shocked to see that be the scenario. And at the moment, all, all we wish for him to get better and, and feel healthy and happy. But he is back at uh, Punt Road and he's training. We're not sure when he might be back on a field, but uh, hopefully not the last we've seen of Dustin Martin. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. will go to her Sandringham estate this week to celebrate her 96th birthday. Meantime, Prince Harry has given an exclusive interview with the NBC in America about his recent visit with the Queen, saying he and Meghan had tea with his grandmother at the weekend. Being with her, it was great. It was, it was just so nice to see her. You know, she's on, she's on great form. We always, she's always got a great sense of humour uh, with me and I'm just making sure that she's, you know, protected and got the, the right people around Well, you, you make her laugh. That's what she always says. Uh, I, did you do it again? Uh, yes, yeah, I did. Uh, both <laughs> Megan and I had tea with her, so it was, it was really nice to catch up with her. Harry and Meghan have been in Europe for the Invictus Games. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode on a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.